listening to Tassie Encounters on Faith FM and we're coming to you live from Tasmania right across Australia. Each weekday at 9am you can hear what the Bible says about past, current and future events. You can learn how to study the Bible more effectively. You can get to know who God is, why we're here and where we're going. And you can experience personal encounters with Jesus. I'm your host, Jason Cook, and today we have David Maxwell joining us again from Launceston. And this is a new series we're doing today. It's called The Teachings of Jesus, and uh, the title of today's program is Lost Coin, or The Lost Coin. Mm. Um, sorry, I actually didn't say the, uh, the lost and found is the, uh, the teachings of Jesus that we're looking at as well. Yeah, that's is it. this for the entire series for um, for next uh, six programs? This one and five more. Okay, no worries. Awesome, and they're all going to be talking about lost and found, or are they going to be yes. some other ones as well? Yeah, yeah, it's talking about lost and found in different contexts. But so we're going to look at uh, we're going to look a number of lost things that were found. Yeah, awesome. David, uh, you've been doing this series. Are you listening? And you used to start with a. A proverb. Um, what are you going to do for this series? Yeah, this series, I'm going to um, I'm going to look at six of my favourite psalms, and uh, at those six psalms, I want to expand on them a little bit. I want to share them with our listeners and tell them why they're important to me and why why I actually like them. So today, what I'm going to start with is Psalms 100. Now, there's there's a lot of history in Psalms 100 for me. Um, and, and so let me read it and then I'll explain a little bit more. Awesome. Psalm 100, it says, Make a joyful shout to the Lord, all you lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. Know that the Lord, he is God. It is he who has made us and not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful to him and bless his name. For the Lord is good, his mercy is everlasting, and his truth endures to all generations. It's interesting when you read that from a different version than what you learnt it in. Now, I learnt that in the King James Version. Mm. And it was, make a joyful noise unto the Lord. You know, that's how I remembered it. Because what we used to do as young people, uh, or what mum and dad used to do for us, mm, let me correct that, what dad used to do for us <laughs> was, uh, I, I grew up as Baptist and after we'd been to church, Sunday school and church, and we'd come home, we'd have lunch. After lunch on Sunday, dad made us learn, wrote, a, that, that for those who don't know what that means, it's uh, off by heart, mm. a a chapter in the Bible. Now, he was gracious. He gave us short chapters, so that one was short. And we had to remember it. We had to memorise it and then repeat it back to him with the least amount of prompting as possible. <laughs> he was he was gracious and sometimes he would prompt us with the starting word and off we'd go. Mm. Once we'd learnt it, wrote, once we'd learnt it off by heart and been able to recite it, we could go out and play and that was uh, that was the incentive for us. So this was one of the chapters that, that I learnt and I really enjoyed. And I got to recite it one day uh, to a group, or, you know, to a Baptist event down at a hall that was down at the bottom of our street. And I had to recite it uh, 
I can't remember what you used to call those things where people would stand up and recite things. Um, it's, anyway. like, it's almost like a, a talent show or something. <laughs> yeah, a little bit like that, yeah. a little bit like that. A variety and, show. <laughs> yeah, something like that. And I had to do it in front of a packed hall of people. Mm. And and I remember somebody saying to me, I don't know if it was my mum or someone else, might have been my granddad, that when he was a, he was a minister as well, um, he used to say, or someone said to me, when you are reading in public, what you do is you look up occasionally and make eye contact. And I thought, well, I'm going to be really professional here. So I was reading through, I was uh, memorising the psalm and just glancing down to remind myself. And I looked up to gain eye contact. And as a young person, I got nervous <laughs> mm. when I saw all these people looking at me. And when I looked down, I forgot where I was. <laughs> And uh, I, I, I stumbled a little bit, and I felt really embarrassed. But then I then I found my place, and I continued on, and I remembered what I'd, I'd learnt. So I learnt a couple of things from this. Uh, firstly, I learnt to keep my finger on the text when you look up to make eye contact, mm. so you don't forget where you are. But more importantly, I guess just learning this this psalm. It taught me about the joy of being a Christian. And and I guess growing up, I didn't always see the joy because as I got older, as I became a teen, God was, uh, um, my, my dad was a, a lot more strict with us. But as I, as I look at this in my Christian walk, I see the joy of being a Christian. And I can really attest to the fact that, you know, when you're on the same page with God, it is joyful. It is really joyful. You know, you can know that God is there. You can know that he cares about us. You know that he gives you the strength to overcome all of these things that come back to you and and that you experience through your Christian walk. So this has been a really, really powerful psalm for me. I, I love it. I love the joy that it has in it. And I love the grace and the mercy and the endurance that God teaches us through it. So that's what I wanted to share this morning. Mm. Beautiful. Well, um, we've just finished our series, Are You Listening? And uh, there was some really good stuff in there. There was uh, how many episodes, David? About 23, 23 I think episodes. So yeah. that is up on our Faith FM website. And the uh, you can also access it through the Faith FM app. It's a great way to listen to programs and also to share them with other people. You can easily share if there's something that uh, you think it would be good for other people to listen to or that perhaps other people have got questions about you can share them with other people right from the app and the website so that's faithfm.com.au and uh, the app is called the faith fm australia app you can get that from your app store uh, the apple or google app store mm. um david uh what do we do you, do you want to just give us a bit of an intro as to what we're going to talk about today and i know you've got a question for our listeners which we always love hearing from our listeners as well yeah, yeah, it's always good when they text in and get their viewpoint on a particular topic. Or I also like when people text in with comments or questions about what we're talking about for the program. So the question's great, but if you also uh, comment on what we're presenting, it's really good to be able to then, you know, sometimes we talk about that in the break and then we come back with an answer if we can, or we let you know that we'll address that in the future. Mm. So as we've been, as you said, we've been uh, running a very long program in the past. Are you listening? And I'm so glad everyone was listening. There were a lot of people listening and commenting. 
we learned about God and we learned how we can find out more about God ourselves by studying his word, the Bible. So what I want to do today is dig into, or start digging in, in this series, The Teachings of Jesus, Lost and Found. We're going to look at a topic entitled The Lost Coin, but we're going to look at a number of lost things and what happened when they were found. This story in particular, we're going to look at uh, what Jesus said about a coin that was lost and it didn't even know it was lost. Mm. So uh, the listener question I want to ask today is, have you ever lost anything, searched high and low for it and eventually found it? And how did you feel when you found it? Uh, my quick one is losing my wallet on my car. So I don't know if anyone's ever done this. If, you, you know, you might have done it with your drink. You put it on the car, you get in the car, and you drive off, and the drink falls over the car. Mm. Well, mine was worse. I, I actually put my wallet on the bonnet of the car, got sidetracked, got in the car, and drove off, mm. and got to town and realised, hey, where's my wallet? Oh no, I put it on the car. So I carefully retraced my steps, well, my my path in the car to go back and see if I could find it. And I looked and I looked and I looked, couldn't see it anywhere. So I thought, I, I must have spent about 10 minutes doing this. And I thought, all right, I better go down and report it to police. So I went down the, to report it to the police and they said, you mean this thing? <laughs> oh, somebody <laughs> someone, had already handed someone it Someone had wow. already picked it up and taken it to the police station and only thing was missing was the $5 that was in it. <laughs> <laughs> I was ecstatic. I was mm. ecstatic. So the listener question again. Have you ever lost anything, searched high and low for it, and eventually found it? How did you feel once you found it? I'm going to share something, David. Um, mm. Now, I do have David Leo uh, next to me. He's operating the controls today, but uh, he, he'll know about this. That At Big Camp this year, he borrowed a microphone from me, and uh, that was <laughs> to do some video. It was a portable microphone. And um, <clears throat> at the end of Big Camp, he gave it back to me, which was great. The problem is that I think when he gave it back to me, I didn't put it back in the place because, you know, maybe at the timing I didn't have the, the bag that normally lives in with me. And so I put oh. it somewhere. Do you know, it was just a few weeks ago I've been looking for it. I've been looking <laughs> for it and been looking for it. And a few weeks ago, somehow, I can't even remember where I found it now, but somewhere, somewhere I, I found it in a different bag. And uh, I was very pleased. Very good, because they're not cheap. <laughs> yeah, no, that's right. So um, our question today, have you ever lost anything, searched high and low for it, and eventually found it? We'd love to hear from you today. Um, so do text us in on 488 We're going to go to our first song. And uh, this first song is called He Came Looking For Me by Southern Raised Bluegrass.
are listening to, Tess- to Tessie and Counters on Faith FM. And today we're speaking with David Maxwell on the topic of the lost coin. We asked you a question and we'd love to hear from you. We did actually hear from David from Western Australia and uh, he shared a message of uh, how blessed um, we must be to be able to study these uh, past lessons, the 23 lessons. And I think, David, it is a, it is a blessing to be able to present, isn't it, and uh, to study these with our listeners as well. And I think uh, that's a, a really good thing for um, both the presenters to be able to do and I think also the listeners as well. Now, um, the question for today, have you ever lost anything, searched high and low for it, and eventually found it? How did you feel once you found it? We'd love to hear from you. Do text us in on 0488880891. So, David, uh, the teachings of Jesus, lost and found, is our topic that we're going to be covering for a little while now. And uh, before the break, you said that you're going to share a story that Jesus told about a coin that was lost, but uh, the coin didn't even really know it was lost. And, of course, I'm not sure that a coin can think, but, uh, yeah, but I think there's, the point, there's something think. to that point, isn't there? So uh, how would you like to get us started this morning? Yeah, that's really good. That, that is a really valid point, and we'll dig into that a little bit later. So keep that in mind. A coin can't think anything. Mm. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that is a valid point. I think as we dig deeper into the Bible, we find there are maybe hidden truths we didn't see at first reading. And some people have called this parable the hidden parable because you have the, the ones that surround it, the lost sheep, the, the lost son, and this one seems really insignificant. You know, it seems like, well, he's already said this. Why is he saying it again? Mm. And so when you dig a little bit deeper, you find some really real, real gems. So today we're going to start by looking at this parable told, that Jesus told about someone who'd lost a coin, and we will see what the immediate context is, and then we'll look at how this story applies to us today, because that's always very important. Uh, it's important to look at the context of when it was written and why first, so we don't jump to the wrong conclusion. Mm. So first I'll pray, and then we'll read the passage, or I'll get you to read the passage that we're looking at today, and then we'll dig right in. So let me pray for our listeners. Thanks. Heavenly Father, we want to thank you that we can open your word again today, and we are free to do this on air. Lord, we pray that you would speak to us as we speak, as we share, and Lord, be with our listeners that they might hear your Holy Spirit and not my words we ask in your name. Amen. Amen. So Luke fifteen eight to 10. Would you mind reading that in the New Living Translation, please, Jason? I would love to. And uh, as I shared with you earlier, David, this is a a passage, a parable that uh, we're sharing with our Sabbath school class this week. So it's a great topic for us to be talking about. So it says in the New Living Translation, Or suppose a woman has ten silver coins and loses one. Won't she light a lamp and sweep the entire house and search carefully until she finds it? And when she finds it, she will call in her friends and neighbours and say, Rejoice with me, I have lost my coin, I have found my lost coin. (laughs) In the same way, there is joy in the presence of God's angels when even one sinner repents. Yeah, that's great, Jason. Thank you. Yes, there are some things you rejoice in when you lose them. (laughs) That's weight and stuff like that. (laughs) Yes. 
but yeah, it was. It's great when you find things. Um, I remember, not unlike your story, uh, we were talking about a microphone in the ad uh, mm. in the break, and I can remember losing my GoPro. I bought it when I was uh, going overseas to what some people call the Bible land or the Middle East, mm. and it was so I could film that experience. And I still have all those movies, and and it was it's really great to to go back and look at some of those or share them with my members. But when I realised that the GoPro is not where I usually put it, I have this camera bag and I put it in the top there and all the other cameras were there, which I'd taken with me, but this wasn't. And I knew I had it because uh, I knew I'd brought it home because I was able to get the, the videos off it, but I just couldn't think where I'd put it. And I turned the house upside down looking for this camera. You know, it wasn't it wasn't extremely valuable, I suppose. I mean, it cost me a few hundred dollars at the time, but it was only a GoPro 3. Mm. I think we're up to 11 or 12 yeah. they're selling at the moment. So it's pretty old. I've had to buy, you know, a second battery for it because the battery's uh, not holding a charge mm. um, some time ago. But it was important to me. So it, it really, you know, I, I was perturbed that I couldn't find this valuable thing to me. I love cameras. And it wasn't until we were actually shifting house the next time we moved house that it actually turned up in a really obvious place. And then I remembered, of course, you always remember where you put it then. Mm. Oh, there it is. There it is. So, you know, when you lose something of importance, you, you often put considerable effort in to try and locate it. And that's what this lady in the parable does that Jesus says. It's um, it's good when you find it, but often I find uh, I don't find it until much later when I accidentally come across it. <laughs> yeah, mm. and that's what happened with this. Mm. So in the parable, as we've already read this story, let me just summarise uh, the story uh, in, in just a paragraph. So Jesus is proposing that if there's a lady that has 10 silver coins and she loses one, she'll turn the house upside down in today's vernacular, if you like, to try and locate it. Unlike me who gave up, she wouldn't. That was the point of it. You know, Mm. she didn't give up. She wouldn't give up until she found it. Um, So then when she locates it, she celebrates with others, you know, neighbours, friends, all that sort of stuff, the joy of finding what she'd lost. So what does the parable teach us and what does it really mean? So first, let's dig a little bit deeper at the parable content, and then we'll have a look at a a message behind it. So firstly, there's a woman. Now, I think it's interesting. Jesus uses a woman. So he was in a male-dominated culture, and yet he says, uh, if there's a woman who's lost a coin, I've read some commentary on this, and they've said that it's interesting that the woman is mentioned and not men, and, uh, and, and, and Jesus is quite specific to say that this woman was given the task of looking after the goods of the house. Mm. Uh, it doesn't say she's single, married, divorced, widowed, but the presumption is that she's in charge of the house. She's in charge of those, those coins. And uh, Jesus is saying that what woman wouldn't take action when she lost what was in her in her keeping, if you like. Now, the coin itself is interesting. It's a silver coin. In some versions of the Bible, it'll call it a drachma, and generally it's accepted as a day's wage. Now, mm. while certainly significant to a woman of her day, or even a person today, a day's wage for us today, if you're on Centrelink, it'd be about 40 or $50, I, I, I believe. I'm, I'm guessing here a little bit. Um, but if someone who's on an average income would be about $200. So it's not insignificant, mm. uh, but it's not a huge sum either. 
So you just think about your own uh, salary and you think just one day of that salary, if you lost it in the house, would you go looking for it? Yeah, well, I think um, certainly if I lost $200 um, out of my wallet, I'd want to know where it was. (laughs) You certainly would. Or you'd be like, oh, no, what have I done? Then there's uh, where the coin was lost. Now, that's important because the the coin was lost inside the house. And as we said earlier, being just a coin, it didn't know it was lost. Not Mm. at all. So these specific details, um, I'm guessing there's some significance to this. Yeah, yeah. In terms of the the location and the values and things like that. Uh, Look, I really think so. I really think so, Jason. And after the break, we'll dig into a little bit more of those spiritual connotations. But because I think Jesus often didn't teach spiritual lessons outright. He didn't want people to just take them off the cuff or make fun of them. So he he hid them in ways that you had to really think about them. You had to be genuine and want to find the answer. And so then if you dug a little bit, you you found the answer. Uh, And so I'll, I'll share a little bit more about the break. But still looking at the parable, what did the woman do? She Jesus suggests that if she lost a coin worth even a day's wage, she lights a lamp. So that means even if it's dark, it's late at night, she needs a light, she lights the lamp and she searches till she finds it. And the inference here is she doesn't give up. Mm. She doesn't give up. She doesn't just write it off and say, well, I've still got nine. Eh, You know, win some, lose some, doesn't really matter. No, she, she, she has a coin of low overall value, if you like, and to her it has enough value for her, her to search for it and keep searching till she finds it. Mm. And then when she finds it, her response reinforces the value she placed on it. She calls everyone and, uh, and, and they celebrate together. So I thought that was really good. So it would appear that Jesus, as he wraps up the parable, He's saying that the focus of the parable is to show how much God rejoices when one sinner is lost mm. and is brought back to him. It seems to be that's the uh, the clear meaning or purpose of this parable. Yeah, yeah. And it's not the only purpose, but it, it does clearly say that's the purpose. Mm. So, it, you know, if we just read it and we don't give it much thought, well, that's often all we get out of it. But I believe there's so much more we can glean out of this. So we'll dig into that after the break. Awesome. Well, do remember our listener question. We'd love to hear from you today. Have you ever lost anything, searched high and low for it, and eventually found it? How did you feel when you found it? We'd love to hear from you today. So do text us in on 0488 880891. We've got a free book offer coming up in the program. It's called It Is Easier to Be Saved. Is it easier to be saved or to be lost? It's a really interesting question. So we'll uh, give you a bit more information about that shortly after the break in the next section. But right now, this is Whenever God Shines His Light, and this is by the Idea of North. Whenever God shines light on me, open up my eyes so I can see. When I look up in the darkest night, then I know everything's gonna be alright. In deep confusion, in great despair. 
When I reach out for him, he is there. When I am lonely as I can be, then I know that God shines his light on me. In Jesus' name Yes, He'll lift you up and turn you around And He'll put your feet back on higher ground Reach out for Him He'll be there When in your troubles you can't share And it heals lame Says you can do it too In Jesus' name Yes, He'll lift you up and turn you around And it put your feet back on higher ground This program is made possible by the support of Adventist World Radio. You're listening to Tassie Encounters on Faith FM, and today we're speaking with David Maxwell on the new series, The Teachings of Jesus, Lost and Found. And uh, we've been talking about the parable of the lost coin. So, uh, David, before the break, um, you were saying that there's quite a bit we can get from this parable. It's, there's a bit more to it than initially meets the eye. Mm, mm, that's right, Jason. So if we take a closer look at the parable, we can see so much more that perhaps Jesus is trying to teach his listeners and by extension us today as well. So as I've done some research, I believe uh, I was correct in looking at the, the value of a drachma. Mm. Um, uh, David's going to look up some other stuff later to see, well, what's another one that's a similar a day's wage? But maybe he can share on that later. But a, a drachma or a day's wage wasn't insignificant in this first century Palestine. And as, as you and I have talked about, it, 
if you lost $200 today uh, in my vernacular or my wage bracket, I, I would be looking for it too, even though, you know, it's not the end of the world. So in first century Palestine, life was very hard, and even a day's wage that was lost, if it was lost, as Jesus said, it was important enough to take time out to find it. There was personal value to it, and the one who was entrusted with it in this parable took the responsibility seriously. Mm. So perhaps Jesus was saying that God is a good housekeeper. He's the good housekeeper, and he values and looks after the things, or as clearly Jesus speaks about in this parable, the coin represents people. And so God looks after the people who are in his care. I also note from these verses that the coin was not lost outside the house. And this hasn't been lost on me as I've been um, thinking about and reading about this parable even deeper. It was lost while it was within the house. Mm. So all the coins belonged to the housekeeper. They, they were his. They were in his house. But one was lost while it was in the house. And I thought, well, this has got to have some significance to the people that Jesus was speaking to. So as the coins represent people, could Jesus have been suggesting that it's possible for someone to be lost while they're still within the household of God? Mm. And if so, Jesus is telling them the value God puts on each one of them. He's not willing to just let them go. He's not going to say, ah, well, you know, I've got plenty of others, so losing one is not that bad. No, he, he doesn't even let one go without doing everything possible to retrieve it. So what else happens in the parable? Jesus, it says in the Bible, is the light of the world. The householder takes a lamp. I guess I couldn't miss this correlation between the light and Jesus as the light. So perhaps here Jesus is speaking about himself. God has taken Jesus in amongst his own household. That was when he was here, it was the Jewish nation, and he swept the floor as if it were, as, as it were. Mm. He's cleared away the obstacles, the rubbish that were littering up the house so that the light will shine into all the dark corners and he's able to find that which was lost. I, uh, what comes to mind is John 1, 4 and 5, uh, that he was the light of life and that light has shone in the darkness and the darkness didn't comprehend it. Mm. So as I, as I think about those verses, that comes to mind as I'm reading this parable. So Jesus first, in Matthew fifteen twenty four, it says he's come for the lost sheep of the house of Israel. So there's a number of things that are mentioned in there. The house of Israel. He's talking about the coin being lost in the house. Is Jesus talking about the house of Israel? So it would seem that he's saying that some who were still in his house were lost. Mm. However, through this parable, it, it, Jesus actually shows he's not willing to let them just slip away. You know, often when someone leaves our church, we go, oh, well, they kind of didn't fit anyway, mm. <laughs> don't we? Sometimes, yeah. We sometimes do that, mm. you know. But Jesus is saying, no, no, each one is so valuable, so valuable. I, I, I actually want to spend the time to try and find them. So although each individual on their own in the big scheme of history has very little worth or significance perhaps to us, you know, I think, I think about you and I, Jason, I think in the scheme of the history of the earth, when I'm gone, who's going to remember me? Mm. Well, probably no one, <laughs> if we're really genuinely honest mm. about it. Mm. You know, I, I don't make that much 
difference in the whole scheme of things on the earth. You've either got to do something amazingly good or amazingly <laughs> bad to be remembered. <laughs> yeah, let's hope it's not the second. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but look, that doesn't matter to me so much, you know, but I'm not here to make some great big statement, but I'm just doing what God wants me to do while I'm here. But each individual on their own in the scheme of history, unless you're a Genghis Khan or a, you know, a Hitler or, you know, it seems, you're right, it seems to be those who've done something bad. But then there are people like Winston Churchill that come to mind, and, and there's some others in history that really have made an impact for good. So I think you're right. I agree with that. So in the big scheme of things, we're really not worth all that much, but it's enough for God to put everything else aside and do what he can for us to be found. Mm. So in Second Peter 3, 9, it says that he's not willing that any should perish, and Many people have asked, well, why is Jesus taking so long to come back? Mm. And Jesus addresses this through Peter, uh, through, um, through Peter, yeah. And he says, you know, it, it's not that God is slack. It's not that he's, you know, busy doing something else. And, oh, oh I forgot about those humans. No, you know, it says that he's taking as long as he is because he's not willing that any should perish, mm. but that all come to repentance. So the amazing part of this parable is that the coin has no idea that it's lost, even though it's still in the house. And I would say, is Jesus suggesting that some of the house of Israel were lost but didn't even realise it? I think so. Mm. It's a different perspective on this parable that I haven't uh, spent a lot of time thinking about, and it's Mm. challenging me to think of this from a different perspective now because uh, mm. the the meaning of the parable is obviously very simple in the sense that, you know, it says that all, you know, anyone who's a sinner, if they, are, if they repent and they're found, then that's a great thing. But we don't think about mm. those who are in the midst, you know, perhaps in our church today that uh, are still considered to be lost. Yeah, and, and you know, we're, we're jumping to the 21st century again. You know, Mm. when we think about it in Jesus' day, who were the ones that were in the house? Yeah. And yet, from the way they behaved, they were clearly lost. And the Jewish leaders, they uh, refused to recognize him as as the Messiah. Mm. Yeah, yeah. And, and, And that's what I believe. Jesus came, he says, I came first for the lost sheep of Israel. So he's going to target the leaders. Mm. And he wants to restore the leaders because if he can restore the leaders of Israel, then actually what I believe Jesus had planned to happen for the sacrifice of himself would have happened the way he wanted it to. But by the time we get to Isaiah, we see that Jesus fully knows, God fully knows, that what's going to happen is that he's going to be rejected. Mm. But the amazing thing for me, Jason, is he knows they're going to reject him, but he targets them and tries to win them over first. Mm. That, that says a lot about the love of God. Mm. So he wants to bring, <coughs> pardon me, wants to bring these leaders back to himself first. And as we, we look at more of these teachings in later weeks, I think that's what we're going to uncover. Mm. We're going to uncover that he targets those who are really against him. Yeah. Um, but, and, and if you're against Jesus, you're clearly religious. Mm. So if we look through the New Testament, you'll see that that. This is what Jesus is actually doing, and he is successful in it for a number of people. We, we remember the story of Nicodemus. You mm. know, John 3, 
John chapter 3, the, mm. that famous gospel rendition, you know, uh, that Jesus shares. He's the one that shares it the first time. John three sixteen, for God so loved the world. It, it was to a religious leader, Nicodemus, and it appears from his crucifixion uh, that, that Nicodemus was saved. Mm. And there are other leaders in Israel as well. So Paul is a leader in Israel. Now, I think he would have been quite young while Jesus was alive. But uh, after some years, uh, he, he has moved into a place of power. God addresses him. And the outcome of the parable shows there's great rejoicing when one like this, a leader who's still in the house but unaware they're lost, is found. Mm. It's, uh, it's a beautiful thing. And the story of Nicodemus is actually... Um a, a wonderful thing. It's a shame we don't know of many more of the Jewish leaders who um, sought Jesus out, but uh, we know he did. So, uh, Our book offer, it's time to give a bit more information. It's, uh, it's a small book. It's called Is It Easier to Be Saved or to Be Lost? And it's part of a library of sermons. This is uh, number six by Joe Cruz. It says, The Bible promises spiritual riches to all who possess the gospel. Yet many still think it is much too hard to receive, so they reject it for the broad way. Joe Cruz explores this struggle and proves biblically that being saved and joyful is a lot easier than you imagined. Learn that God not only has the power to save us, but also the desire. Discover why victory over the devil is assured in your life. Is the narrow road really a hard and unhappy one? Well, that's a great question to ask, and this book can provide some answers. So right after the break, we'll give you some more information about that. But uh, right now, we'll go to the break. And this is a beautiful song by Sarah Crozier, and uh, it's called Oh God Beyond All Praising.
listening to Tassie Encounters on Faith FM and we're speaking with David Maxwell, finishing off the uh, program today. And this is on the new series uh, called The Teachings of Jesus, Lost and Found. And we've been talking about the lost coin. David, uh, we've uh, just been uh, talking about this book offer. It's called Is It Easier to Be Saved or to Be Lost? Mm. And uh, there's perhaps an indication in this story that God really wants to find us. <laughs> mm. And I think that's a beautiful message. And uh, perhaps this book talk, talks about that as well, that it, Jesus is really trying to reach out to us and find us and save us. So our book offer today, the code is found number one, F-O-U-N-D, and the number one, no spaces. Text that in to 488 880 to claim your free book offer today. It's a little small book, easy to read. 0488880891 and the code is found number one. So David, uh, before the break, when we were talking about this parable, you were mm. saying that Jesus was really addressing those who were already apparently his people, the chosen people of Israel. Mm. Uh, they were members of his household, mm. but uh, perhaps they were actually lost and uh, didn't realise they were lost. Can you, uh, as we wrap up today, can you sort of bring this to a conclusion and explain how this all fits together and connects with us today? Yeah, that's great. So we do want to jump to the 21st century application now. So we've looked at, thanks Jason, we've looked at uh, what Jesus was speaking to and how his first century readers might have heard it. Um, those in the household, those members, those leaders who thought they were saved because of what they did, Jesus started addressing them and said, hey, hey, maybe you don't quite have it right. How about you dig a bit deeper? And, and an illustration that helps me uh, understand this is uh, it's been said by, the, well, it's been said in the past that those who fail to learn from history are destined to repeat it. Mm. And I feel the same is happening here. You know, Jesus is telling the leaders of his then-day church, uh, the faithful people of Israel, supposedly the ones in charge who should have known better. Uh, how does that apply today? Well, today... He's he's not just speaking to first century Israelites or Jews. You know, after AD 34, the gospel goes to non-Jews, Gentiles. And you and I are Gentiles. I don't know if you've got any Jewish heritage, but I, I'm pretty sure I don't. So Jesus is speaking to me today as well. Mm. And when I when I look at the, the application of the coin, well, Jesus explained the coin represents lost sinners. Mm. And so that's not just Jewish people. That's it's every <laughs> person, everyone. Yeah. So we being sinners, we can learn a lot from the parable today about mm. Jesus' teachings. Firstly, that we are each of immense value to God. So it's not only the Jews that are privileged to be in God's house, but all of us, any one of us, can be in God's house if we want to be. Mm. Um, but once we're in his house, uh, sometimes <laughs> there's a possibility that we could become lost and not even know it. Well, what do I mean by this? What is Jesus meaning by this? If I look back at the Jewish leaders, they were doing what they thought was right. I think of Paul. You know, Paul thought he was doing God's work, and it wasn't until Jesus grabbed him by the ears, if you like, and said, hey, you're on the wrong team, that he woke up and he realised, oh, I don't know it all. I'm doing something wrong. Mm. 
So when I apply that today, uh, what I can see is that if, if, if we don't spend time regularly with God, if we don't pray and we ask him to change and transform us, then there's a chance that we might slip into a form of habitual or behavioral routines like the, the leaders of his day, and we're not actually uh, we're not actually doing what Jesus wants his followers to do, even though we're in his household. You know, we might go to church each week, we might pray occasionally, we might even read the Bible from time to time, you know, but not be diligent in our Christian walk. And, and this may lead us to, as Paul puts it, have a form of godliness but deny its power. He says that in Second Timothy mm. 3, 5. And Paul is one who is uh, well qualified to actually talk on that topic. Because he knew what it was like to be diligent, but diligent in the wrong things. Mm. So how do we know we're diligent in the right things? Well, actually studying God's Word to find out. We actually read that passage yesterday with uh, David Leo. Ah, right, mm. right. Very good, isn't it? Amazing how mm. God links these programs together. <laughs> it's amazing. So while we're in his house and without even realising it, we might have slipped under the cupboard and out of sight and become lost. So, mm. so what will God do? Is he just going to go, oh, well... You know, I've got, I've got more. Mm. <laughs> That's not what the parable teaches us. Mm. It teaches us first he removes the debris in the house. He sweeps the house. The woman sweeps the house. I thought, why does she sweep the house? Why doesn't she just look? Is she living in a dirty house? Mm. You know, but, but perhaps you've seen some shaking up of your church. Mm. Maybe COVID? Mm. You know, did that change the status quo? A little bit. Mm. <laughs> it woke everyone up and, and it helped us to really focus on what's important mm. while removing some of the things that were just cluttering up your church. Mm. You know, we were focusing on things that, that really didn't matter. Suddenly everyone realised that they're fighting over things that don't really matter. There are bigger things to think about and they've been taken out of the way. And uh, ha- have we just put things back where they were? Mm. <laughs> You know, or, or perhaps it's something else that's been swept away. Um, you have a think about it in your context. Mm. But now the light of Jesus has shone into the dark corners of God's house and they've revealed that lost coin. All of a sudden, maybe you've seen the Saviour in a new way and you've realised all that he desires for you. Maybe, maybe that's what's happened to you. You know, I bring you back to my opening illustration of the missing GoPro. You know, it's just a simple thing that I had. Really, you know, it's not really of that much importance. And I thought I'd looked everywhere, but clearly I hadn't. I gave up too early because it turned up. Mm. So if it turned up, it was there, Mm. and I should have just worked longer at trying to find it. Mm. And when I see this parable, when we focus on the celebration part of it, I see that God doesn't give up. He doesn't give up. He'll keep looking until we're found or until, unfortunately, we step out of the house, I suppose, you know, until we we no longer want to be found. And, you know, sometimes God even keeps trying then. God will seek you out. He'll shine Jesus' light on you. And my question today is, will you allow him to find you and turn you back to him? Because when you do, as we read in the parable, There's rejoicing in the whole of heaven. There's rejoicing in the whole of heaven that you've been found. Mm. That's a beautiful thing, isn't it? Mm. That uh, we know and we can be sure that uh, Jesus is really doing everything he can to to find us, to save us, and to bring him 
back to be with him. It's uh, mm. just something that's really special. And, uh, you know, so often we think about and we focus on, you know, how hard it might be to, to be a Christian and to, you know, deal with the challenges that that brings. But we know that um, that God has a plan for us and that uh, he really is doing everything he can to make us part of his kingdom, his eternal kingdom. So mm. I certainly want to be part of that and uh, I'm, uh, I'm confident that um, many of our listeners will also be part of that. So if you're not sure about this, do text us in. Ask any, any questions that you have, 488 Just uh, text us in and, you know, maybe you've got some questions about how you can be part of it as well. Mm. Next week, David, what's your parable or teaching that you're going to be talking about? Yeah, we're we're certainly not covering all the teachings of Jesus. We're only looking at six of them. But certainly next week we're going to be talking about the lost sheep and we'll have look a little bit deeper at this. Yeah, awesome. And, of course, next week we've got a new series with uh, David Leo as well. And he's going to be looking at some of the minor prophets and I think digging into finding Jesus in those. And we're looking at seeing Jesus in Obadiah. I'm looking forward to that. So, so are they uh, the short prophets, are they? The minor, yeah, the ones at the, the end of the ones. Old Testament. So we're looking they're not very tall. They're, they're not short in status, but <laughs> 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 definitely not minor as in that way, but, you know, just... They're in there for a reason. Yeah, good. <laughs> awesome. Well, our code for today, found at number one. Text us in if uh, you want to grab a copy of that book, 0488880891. May you encounter Jesus today, and we'll leave you with this song. It's called Who Am I by The Chosen Road. Who am I that the Lord of all the earth would care to know my name? Would care to feel my hurt Who am I That the bright and morning star Would choose to light the way From my ever-wandering heart Not because of who I am But because of what you've done Not because of what I've done because of who you are I am a flower quickly fading Here today and gone tomorrow A wave tossed in the ocean A vapor in the wind Still you hear me when I'm calling And Lord you catch me when I'm falling And you told me who Because of
But because of who I am But because of what you've done Not because of what I've done But because